Welcome back into Local News Live. I'm Clay Osterley from Studio B. Today is Friday, September 16th, and coming up in just a few minutes, I'll have a look at your top local great television stories going on from across the country. But for now, I want to send it to Studio A with Victoria Shirley and a look at your national headlines going on across the country today. Victoria. Yes, thank you so much for that, Clay. We are going to jump right into it and share with you the top national headlines. A lot happening this week. Let's jump right into it. Let's go ahead and go through a preview of your top national headlines. First, migrants will be housed at Joint Base Cape Cod in Massachusetts. We'll dig into that in just a moment. And a new study says the Omicron virus is more infectious and has a lower death risk. A grocery store chain has decided one of their ways to make grocery shopping easier may not have been the best solution. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And a new passport option is coming soon. We can share that with you. And I know if you're traveling soon internationally, that is going to be great news for you. All right, let's jump right into that first headline there. The 50 migrants who arrived in Martha's Vineyard this week are being voluntarily transported to Joint Base Cape Cod, an emergency shelter for housing. Let's go ahead and give you a few more details about this story. The state's, the state's emergency management agency is working with local officials to ensure food and other essential services for the families. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker says he is also activating over 100 National Guard members to assist in the relief efforts. The governor's office said migrant families will be housed in dorm-type spaces and will not be separated. They will also have access to legal and health care, including crisis counseling. The Venezuelan migrants arrived in Martha's Vineyard on two chartered planes on Wednesday, part of a promise by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to drop off undocumented migrants in progressive states. Governor Baker says Joint Base Cape Cod is well equipped to deal with such crises. The shelter was also used to host displaced Hurricane Katrina victims back in 2005. All right, moving on to a little bit of health news. Scientists at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say the Omicron COVID-19 strain has been less deadly than other variants. They released a study today that gives a little bit more information about that. Today, CDC researchers published a study that said for people hospitalized for COVID-19, the risk of dying fell to the lowest it's ever been during the pandemic. After looking at the data from hundreds of hospitals, scientists reported the mortality risk was about 15% during the Delta wave, but dropped 13% in the early months of the Omicron wave, dropping even further to less than 5% between April and June of 2022. Researchers suggest Omicron's lower mortality risk was due to high levels of immunity, both from vaccination and previous infection, as well as advances in treatment. All right, that story we promised to bring you, a way to make grocery shopping easy, ended up making grocery shoplifting easy too. Wegmans, you may have heard of it if you have lived in the Northeast or have friends who have lived there. It kind of has a cult following. And the store Wegmans rolled out a mobile app called Scan in 2019 that let customers scan, bag, and pay for groceries while they shopped, and then skip the checkout line altogether. 
Problem is, it led to rampant shoplifting. So Wegmans announced plans this week to shut down the app, though the company would not say exactly how much money it's lost. Okay, if you've gone through the passport application process, you're familiar that it takes a ton of paperwork and waiting for hours to renew your passport, and all of that could soon be over. So let's uh, talk about some upgrades to that process. The U.S. State Department says it plans to start taking passports, pa passport renewal applications online. Move comes after a successful pilot program was launched to help with the pandemic backlog, which had resulted in renewal wait times of up to 18 weeks. However, not everyone will be able to take advantage of the new online service. That includes people under the age of 16 and those applying for a passport for the first time. The new online renewal system is expected to launch early next year. Of course, you can find more information at travel.state.gov. All right, definitely some good news there for people that have big travel plans for the coming year. And I know I've gone recently through the passport application process and switching it online, I'm sure, will be a lot easier for many. All right, we're going to turn our attention now to the gr top gray local stories. Clay Osterley, you are standing by in Studio B to share with us some of those top stories that journalists at our gray TV stations are covering. Right, Clay? That's absolutely right. We do have several of them going on for you here today uh, across the country. want to start you out with a look at uh, just a quick summary of just four of them that we have for you today. First off, uh, a Lexington man is accused of killing his son's grandfather while the child was in the same room. Uh, this is a disturbing story that's coming to us from our great television station, WKYT, out of Lexington, and we will have the latest on that one. Now, a Northeast Portland woman finds a stranger hiding inside of her son's bed. What? It all happened while she was out on her patio talking to a friend. KPTV in Portland. That's our great television newsroom there. They have that story. And heading out to the Hawaiian Islands, Oahu residents voice concerns about rising crime rates. Now, the interesting part of that is the island overall is seeing decreasing crime rates, but uh, West Oahu is dealing with a, a problem. So we'll get an update from KHNL there. And then lastly, heading out to Phoenix, Arizona, a couple wants a home builder to return $15,000 worth of down payments to build uh, their dream home. Now, we'll let you know why coming up here in just a few minutes when we get that story from KTVK. All right, uh, let's have a look here at our first top story going on today. Of course, that does come to us from Lexington, Kentucky, and our newsroom, WKYT. want to get you a little more information about it. A Kentucky man is accused of shooting his son's grandfather while the child is in that same room. So WKYT has more from Lexington, Kentucky on this rather disturbing story. Lexington murder suspect is moving forward. Stephen Smith is accused of shooting and killing Clarence Adams last week at a home on Devonia Avenue. Police say it stemmed from domestic violence. Today, Smith was back in court. WKYT's Chelsea Jones has our top story at noon. Well, Stephen Smith is charged with murder, two counts of wanton endangerment, assault, domestic violence, and possession of a handgun by a felon. 
He's accused of killing Clarence Adams on September 8th. Police responded to the 100 block of Devonia Avenue that evening for a domestic violence situation. They say Smith lived at the home with his five-year-old son, the child's mother, who's Adams' daughter, and Adams. During today's preliminary hearing, a Lexington police detective said Smith and Miss Adams were arguing when he kicked her in the stomach. He said Clarence Adams intervened, and that's when Smith pulled a gun. He noted Adams left the room and called 911. The detective said Adams came back in the house, exchanged words with Smith, and then Smith shot him in the chest with a shotgun. He said the woman and child were in the room at the time. Their positioning would have been in between them, but they were to the left of the line. Adams was pronounced dead at the scene. Police also found a handgun and AR-15 in the home. The woman told police all three guns belonged to Smith. Now the judge decided there was probable cause in the case and sent it to the grand jury. In Lexington, Chelsea Jones, WKYT. WKYT will have plenty more on that story, I have no doubt, as uh, this story continues to unfold. Heading out to uh, Portland, Oregon now, where this is just an absolutely scary situation. Uh, a, a mother on her back deck talking with a friend. She hears her dogs start to bark inside of her house. So she goes inside. She follows her dogs to her son's bedroom. And much to her absolute surprise, she finds a complete stranger hiding in her son's bed. Cannot make this up. KT, KPTV out of Portland, Oregon, has the latest. A terrifying situation for one Northeast Portland homeowner earlier this week when she discovered a stranger sleeping in her children's bed. When Fox 12's Chandler Watkins spoke to the homeowner who posted the video of the scary encounter to social media. On Monday, Kelsey Smith was in her backyard talking to a friend on the phone when her dogs began to bark at something. She went to the front door because contractors were coming to build an accessible bathroom for her son. There was no one at the front door, so she thought no one was there. But her dogs continued to bark and led her into her children's bedroom. I walked in wondering if she had cornered a mouse or something because she was going crazy and I realized there was a person under there. At first, Smith thought it was her husband, Justin. but she quickly realized it wasn't. Okay. Uh, 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 Gail, 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 Gail. The woman who police have identified as 54-year-old Terry Lynn Zinzer can then be seen waking up and jumping off the bed. She then picks up an ottoman and throws it at Smith before walking out the front door. The sort of fear didn't come until after she was gone and I started to run through the scenarios in my head about how this could have played out differently if my kids had been home. One of Smith's kids needs to be monitored for medical reasons, hence the camera. Smith says police arrested Zinzer while she was trying to break into another home. PPB says she was charged with burglary in the first degree and harassment. Zinzer was released the next day. Smith was looking to press charges, but when she called the DA's office... They said the charges have been dropped and you can leave a message for the DA and he can call you back. And I haven't heard anything. That was two days ago. I don't understand why she's not in jail. She's not harmless. She proved that. She proved that by the stories that I've heard from other people. Smith believes more needs to be done to address growing problems she sees in the city. I don't know what the answers are, but I know that what they're doing right now is not working. In Northeast Portland, Chandler Watkins, Fox 12, Oregon.
All right, heading out to Hawaii now, KHNL. On the story here of uh, Oahu residents that are dealing with ri uh, rising crime rates in a particular side of the island, while most of the island is seeing decreasing crime troubles, West, uh, the western side of the island is dealing with a rise in issues there. So KHNL has the investigation. Ten Honolulu's police chief and prosecutor face a community both skeptical and hopeful. Leeward Oahu residents feel like they deserve more from law enforcement. Our Ben Gutierrez joins us now with our top story. Honolulu Police Chief Joe Logan says he's working on a strategic plan to fight crime and increase recruits as community members feel police aren't as visible as they should be in a rapidly growing community. Even if crime stats have gone down, it doesn't mean it's gone away. And that's what drew people to this town hall at Kapolehale at the edge of HPD's District 8, stretching out to Makaha. Honolulu police say Oahu's murder rate went up the first seven months of this year compared to last year, with a higher number in West Oahu. There has still been six murders already this year in our district. And so we need to be mindful that stats aren't everything, but that they're important for us to make decisions as we talk about the safety of our community. The crime has been there. The drugs distribution has been there. The homeless has been there. This is what the West Side looks like right now. How do we fix this? Another common question, why isn't HPD conducting weed and seed programs on the Leeward Coast? I hear weed and seed, but I hear Eva, I hear Waipahu. But I see more crimes from Eva to Makaha. The prosecutor's office says it is trying to get the courts to keep certain repeat offenders out of the community. Restrict this individual. He has no right to be in this area. Please restrict him so that he's not here. The court has granted it around 10% of the time. That means 90% of the time, the court has said no. The community wants laws enforced. They want them enforced now. We want more police here. Police Chief Joe Logan says one challenge is the high number of vacancies at HPD. There are 350 openings that he says are hard to fill as officers leave for the mainland, including four from District 8. We're trying to fill every patrol to the that we can, um, but with the vacancies I have, I can't take and deplete whole parts of the organization uh, and put them all into patrol and have other parts of the department not work. So Logan also says he is looking at whether HPD can create a new 9th patrol district specifically for the Waianae Coast. Ben Gutierrez, Hawaii News Now. Lastly, heading out to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Now, a couple ready to retire. They're ready to build their dream home and health issues strike. They've ran into some medical problems there. So it puts off their plans and their dreams to build their dream home. And they had already put down about $15,000 worth of down payments down on construction for their house. Now, that construction hasn't started, to my knowledge, but they're trying to get a refund of that $15,000. Well, KTVK is investigating because they're having some issues doing that. So let's get out to Phoenix, Arizona, see what's happening. I'm Gary Harper. I'm your side. A Phoenix couple says they wanted to build a home down in Eloy and found the perfect place. They even put down a $15,000 down payment to build that home. But then they got some major life-changing medical news. Now they can't go through with the transaction and they just want their deposit returned. This huge retirement community is sprouting up in the desert down in Eloy, about 60 miles south of Phoenix. And when Keith and Joanne heard about it, they had to see it. 
we went down to the property and I fell in love with it. They have crafts, they have the pickleball, they have events that they do there. It's just, it's a whole community and it's really, everybody's very friendly and nice. The retirement community is being built by Ropes and Resort Communities and after visiting the development, Keith and Joanne returned the very next day to put more than $15,000 as a down payment to build a home. But a week after handing over that down payment, the couple's situation dramatically changed. Immediately after that, eight days later, we got a call from Mayo Clinic Hospital. My husband was on the list for transplant, kidney transplant, and we got the call to show up and he's in line to get a kidney. That day, Keith had the transplant after being on a waiting list for three years. But there's a long road to recovery, meaning Keith now has to visit the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale several times a week. Keith's doctor even provided this letter saying Keith had to remain close by for future treatments. Keith and Joanne thought Ropes and Resort communities would understand and return their deposit. Our sales agent, she informed us that we would be losing our deposit. Yep, Ropeson says it was keeping all 15 grand. Even though the company hasn't done any work on the site, the lot is still just a patch of dirt. Joanne and her husband say they can't believe it. Well, it's a financial issue because we have a lot of medical bills. And it's a ethical issue that they haven't even started construction. They're keeping our money and they don't understand that we didn't foresee this to happen. Now, the contract with Ropeson clearly states that security deposits are non-refundable. But considering the circumstances, the couple thought that the home builder would understand. So Andres I got involved and we asked Ropeson to review the matter and to reconsider a refund. They replied back saying they won't comment and refuse to provide a written statement to on your side. That means, at least for now, Ropeson is keeping all of the Gillis's money. It was a beautiful, beautiful home. I'm, I'm very disappointed that we can't move there, but you know, it's uh, what was told. You know, we have to listen to doctor's orders. So as of now, it looks like the home builder is free to go ahead and sell the house to someone else. According to their website, a similar home is selling for about $14,000 more. The couple tells on your side that the $14,000, along with the $15,000 that they were forced to give up, comes to a nice little profit, courtesy of a kidney transplant recipient. I'm Gary Harper, on your side. Yeah, it's a tough story there out of uh, Phoenix. Hopefully that gets resolved, of course. So uh, that uh, you can head over to uh, ktvk.com, or I should say arizonafamily.com. But that's a look at your uh, local top stories going on across the country uh, here from Studio B. I'm Clay Ostrow. I'll send it back to Studio A with Victoria Shirley. All right, thank you so much for that, Clay. We are going to talk about a couple of fun stories now. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. It is National Guacamole Day, and for all you guac lovers, you're in for a treat because I've got some really great video to show you right now. Let's jump right into it. All right, grab your chips and dip. Today is National Guacamole Day. Guac makes the perfect, easy, and guilt-free way to spice up some of your favorite foods. It's typically nothing more than avocados, lime juice, tomatoes, onion, and seasoning mixed together. You can use it as a dip or topping for quesadillas or even a, on a salad. Avocados and guacamole have enjoyed surging popularity in the past couple decades. A lot of that is due to avocados' reputation as 
as a superfood since the fruit is loaded with healthy fats and nutrients. Its versatility is a secret. The Aztecs in Mexico knew long before we did. So again, happy National Avocado Day. All right, I'm gonna bring in my co-host who just rejoined me here, Clay Osterley. Clay, what are your feelings about guacamole? Uh, you know, I am picky about guacamole. I don't feel like all guacamole is created equally, um, but I do love a good guacamole. I, I really do. Um, now, I don't know. Let's talk about maybe the, the perfect guacamole. What about you? What's your, what's your opinion on that, the perfect guac? Well, I love anything that has like a zest of lime, mm -hmm. and I love spicy. So if it has lime okay. and it's spicy, then that sounds pretty good to me. What about you? So I am a really big fan of, uh, of guacamole that you definitely do taste the lime, and you taste some of the seasoning in it as well. Um, not too much tomato for me, but I do like, you know, uh, a little heat to it with the jalapenos, like the flavor of the onions. Um, and I'm also a big fan of if they sprinkle like some pepitos on top or mm -hmm. something like that, some uh, some some pumpkin seeds. Uh, right, right. So I really, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. I feel like. So Clay, do you want to share your story about how you actually were never a guac fan? It really wasn't. And what changed? Where did you go to actually change your opinion on guacamole? Well, it. it so I had to go to a, uh, to a place that made it fresh. So I went down to a, a place called Yalapa, Mexico. Uh, it's a, on the Pacific coast of Mexico. It's south of Puerto Vallarta, um, a little fishing village there. And they literally, they grow everything there. They, they fish right out of the sea. They grow all their own food. It's all like fresh, fresh, yes. fresh, fresh stuff. And I want to interject. They do this because you can't get to Yalapa by road. You have right. only by sea. So, right. you know, they have to be very self-reliant. Of course, thinking it's shipments yeah. via boat, but yeah. Everything is everything's super fresh. And I just had to, I had to go and experience what real good guac was. And I couldn't get enough of it while I was there. I mean, they, uh, everybody thought I was crazy because everyone knew I didn't like guacamole, but I kept ordering chips and guac or guac on my burrito or tacos or just whatever it was that I was eating at the time. Um, and then when I came back to the States, I had to find, I, I finally had, um, you know, kind of a, a line there to compare <laughs> everything else to. Expectation. And an expectation there. So if I can find a good guac that kind of, even comes close to that bar, I can I can handle it. But yeah, just some uh, you know some guac right out of like a little serving cup or something like that at the store. No, it's not. It's not going to. Yeah, it has to be top notch and fresh for yes, Clay. Yes. Yes. Well, happy guacamole to guacamole Woo! day to you, Clay. Yes. All right, we have a couple more topics to talk about specifically, and it kind of goes hand in hand since uh, you know guacamole was a secret the Aztecs in Mexico knew long before perhaps the rest of the world. Let's go ahead and get into your next story. One that is near and dear to my heart is Hispanic, Hispanic Heritage Month has officially kicked off. The official day was yesterday, so now we are officially in Hispanic Heritage Month. So let's talk a little bit more about it. Uh, it's Hispanic Heritage Month is observed each year starting September 15th. Of course, that was yesterday and runs through October 15th. 
National Hispanic Heritage Month celebrates the histories, cultures, and contributions of Americans whose ancestors came from Spain, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central and South America. It started in 1968 as Hispanic Heritage Week and expanded to 30 days and became law in 1988. I look forward to this month every single year because it is a chance for me to celebrate my family and my Hispanic heritage. My aunt Janet, uh, she decided to immigrate to the United States back, in, I believe it was in the 60s or 70s, and then pretty much my mom's entire family followed suit, and my mom came over to the United States when she was 16 years old, and I have grown up loving the Hispanic heritage, it's very near and dear to my heart, and I love being able to celebrate it extra special. Of course, celebrate it always, but extra special during Hispanic Heritage Month, and I hope everyone else gets a chance to as well. And my co-host here, Clay Osterley. Yeah, I, I know I don't look it at all. <laughs> but he has uh, Hispanic heritage. I do, yeah. My, his family uh, as well. My, I, uh, my mom's uh, dad, my grandfather, uh, is a full-blooded uh, Mexican. He, his family uh, comes from a long line of, uh, of uh, immigrants as well. And um, so, yeah, so I have a lot of family that still lives in Mexico. We did have a couple of them that did come to the States, of course. Um, but yeah, so while, while you're 50%, I'm only a quarter. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I lost out, I think, on a little bit more complexion to my skin. But <laughs> well, I still, am, I still embrace come it. come in all different yeah, colors. Yeah, you know, I, I still embrace it. Um, I, I absolutely love my family in Mexico um, and love the heritage as well that comes along with it. Of course, uh, you know, getting to meet your family too, it, you know, it, it's just been, it's just been, it's, it's all around just such a good time to celebrate there. Um, in the video, I saw the, the mariachi mm -hmm. um, and I was just thinking, man, I could go for a good mariachi live band right now. <laughs> I yeah. could definitely go for And that. what's fun about this month is it's a good time to explore. And communities across the United States, they are holding festivals. And I encourage you to try one out because the cultures are, are so rich and varied. Yeah. Because some of what your family may do and eat in Mexico is different than my family in Guatemala. Right. And same with El Salvador and Venezuela and Argentina and all of that. So it's just... It's very nuanced. There are some words, because I did spend time living in Puerto Rico, there are some Spanish words that mean one thing in one country and another in a different uh, country. So I don't want us to lump everyone all into right, one bucket. Right, right, right. Everyone has such rich and just beautiful cultures to explore. And I hope everyone gets a chance, if you're not familiar with the Hispanic culture, to uh, dig into that this month and really get to know uh, that beautiful heritage that you and I are lucky enough to have in our in our uh, family history, and that's part. I mean, that's part of it, truly. I mean, when you can, if you can get to maybe maybe they have some festivals or something like yeah. that this time of the year, and you could just you know, for me being from Louisiana and being from New Orleans, of course. Um, it, it just, everything revolves around food, right? So, like, I mean, if, if, if you can go and you can get some food from this country or right. that country or this country or that country, I mean, I'm, I'm, walk, I'm leaving out of there in, a, in literally a wheelbarrow. You're rolling me out of there <laughs> because I'm going to eat a yes. little bit of each uh, country and their staples and all of that because that, that's part of it, diving into that culture. Yep and experiencing the stories behind why this meal yes. might be this way or why it's cooked this way or what spices you're using because of this reason or that reason. It's, it's just, mm, 
so good. Yes, and my brother Aaron, he actually served a church mission in Argentina. He became very fluent while he was over there, so that's exciting. Um, but he also recently uh, brought me to an Argentinian restaurant oh, and wow. talked to me about the different uh, food they eat and why they eat it and the different drinks and so again it just it drives home the point that every culture is unique and inspiring and uh, if you're not familiar with the Hispanic culture definitely dig into that and if you are of Hispanic heritage and maybe you're second or third generation uh, definitely talk to your great grandparents your grandparents your your parents depending on your your um, ancestry line mm. and get to know your culture more. It's just a great opportunity to do so. So happy Hispanic Heritage Month. There you go. And uh, that about does it, right? Yeah, I can't remember exactly what the name of this uh, this cookie that Aaron introduced us to uh -huh. uh, from Argentina. I can't remember either. But um, thank you for doing <laughs> that. And I'm gonna go Google it and look it up and I think maybe I should try to find one here to celebrate uh, today because it's like cookies and chocolate and caramel and, oh, man. Woo. Yep, yep. They did that right. Plenty to celebrate <laughs> this coming month. All right, that about does it for your top local and national headlines. You've been watching Local News Live, where we uh, share the most interesting stories told by the people who know them the very best. And while I have you, I'm going to explain a little bit about Local News Live. We are part of Gray Television. We're kind of the umbrella that holds all of our stations together, and we uh, share their content with you and we love doing that and that's part of our mission here on local news live so thank you so much for watching and being a part of this programming we'll be right back